Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to RHAP's coverage of Survivor 45 for Survivor Global. I'm your host Shannon Gus here to talk about episode four, The Swap. And that was it. I don't recall anything else happening in this episode. Nothing worth talking about. No, we're going to talk about it. We had second quit in four episodes and I'm still having fun, but there's a lot going on in the season and I have a great guest, someone I always love to talk to about Survivor. He's an Australian Survivor all-star. It is the great Harry Hills. Harry, thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have a chat about all this. Yes, I know because you... You were fired up, I think, in terms of the first quit, right? <laughs> I was. And, and, and I know I saw that you were, you were defending things and obviously you well, don't want to go and attack a player, but I feel like I definitely had hotter takes than you. And that's okay. I feel like it's good to disagree, but at the same time, I, I'm pretty keen to share my personal takes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we disagree. I mean, we, we do disagree because I do care less about um quits than most people like definitely than like pretty much all past players all like people who want to apply for the show who apply for the show which is someone I just will never be but so that we disagree on but I feel like my major point was like let's not like create 
enormous toxicity to like ruin these people's lives, which I feel like most people w- did agree with, but but weirdly a lot of people didn't. So I feel like the, the <laughs> main point you agree on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree on that. I don't think there should be that level of toxicity where you literally go after people. I think, um, I think people are in the right to maybe take a break from social media because the heat is going to come. Like you can't control that anonymous online vitriol so you might as well take a break from it but I, I don't think it should go that far but i think the judgment is definitely valid at the very least and also i think my take is more of disappointment rather than anything yeah well i mean i look i feel that too i definitely felt it more here which we'll talk about in terms of the response which we can talk about too i thought nick had a funny tweet where he was like sean watching the hannah discourse three weeks ago with like the <laughs> <Iron> <laughs> angel like <laughs> why like sean is on twitter like hannah is not on social media and mm. sean i have so many questions about sean we'll, we'll get to it but it's like i said on the rhap draft i, I like oh, there's a merch rule. Like, there's a merch principle in how I draft. Like, if I see you have merch, I think you're going to go fast. So I'm going to draft you. I've now realized everyone has merch. I underestimated reality TV contestants. Sean had merch. Sean quit for Really? And has merch. And Zabaya was wearing the merch in her exit press last week. Like, I, I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's so audacious. That's weird. That's really, yeah, <laughs> audacious is the word. That That yeah. is pushing it quite yeah. a bit. Maybe yeah. that just doesn't align with an Australian sensibility. Um, or something yeah. I don't know uh, I don't yeah I do that's yeah. probably true I mean look we got questions around like why doesn't this happen more on Australian Survivor I would argue it does happen quite a bit and I've also argued Australian Survivor often like not often but has been known to like cover things like this up like if this is an Australian Survivor episode it is possible that they just make it seem well it'd be hard with the D vote but like they make it seem like it would be hard with D's vote and Sean's vote for D, but like it is possible they've they've you know obscured things before, not even shown the votes to create narratives. Like it, they could have made it look like a proper Sean vote without the last two minutes of the episode where he randomly quit. Um, but I do think that they maybe there is something in in like our sense of like Aussie battler, like you know we don't and and if mm. we were to quit, I think there would be like enough shame. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I think there is something to be said about the sensibility. I mean, Australia to a degree. I think if you're looking at global, uh, South Africa maybe even more so have that sort of sensibility of uh, you know hearts and grit and that sort of stuff and, and truly valuing that sort of thing. And I think in the American new era, it's not quite put up on that pedestal. So it's it is interesting to sort of look at it from a different nationality. Mm. But in saying that, there have been quits in Survivor South Africa because Survivor South Africa is for, like, comparatively less money. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like, you know, we'll compare it to SA6, which I've been comparing the season to, which was, like, a reboot, new people who maybe didn't know the show as much, which is certainly not true for US Survivor. Um, less money, they go straight home, um, and a lot of people quit. So I could also see just situationally how they were like, I'm out, like, is this mm-hmm. worth you know, a million rand at the time, which again, will take them further than the 100K that it is here, but it's certainly not a million dollars or 500,000 tax-free dollars for Australian survivors. So yeah, I think that all of that contributes differently, but there is something about the new era thought process around, yeah, I mean, Rob was talking about it, like journey and like the self, you know, sense of self part of it um, that might kind of contribute to it not having to be like about the actual win but we are i'm not even meant to be talking about the quit like i, I don't you know <laughs> like how are you we're gonna talk about the quit how, yeah. how are things going harry how have you been yeah good uh very busy um i've been to europe um i've come back yes back i'm so jealous and, oh it was you. so good it was so good 
you can hate me, but it was good. Um, where were you, then, London, and where else? Uh, Greece, uh, oh. Sicily, and then Vienna as the well. Get out. Yeah, <laughs> and then hey, doing you. doing business trips now, which is not something I ever thought I would say about myself, but that's kind of cool too. I get to see Baden tomorrow. Um, hang out a little Aww. bit, which is a nice perk of business trips. I will. That's so, nice. um, so yeah, things are good. Things are very busy, but good. And have you been enjoying the season overall? Quits aside, yeah. or probably, you know, with the quits, but in general? Yeah, look, like let's put that to the side for a second. I've actually really enjoyed this season, and I feel like the 90-minute episodes are a big, big contributor um, because I think that was the thing that was missing is actually connecting to all these people. Some of the moves have been incredible, and you just don't quite get that same emotional connection because you just haven't spent enough time with the players to really like to just build that connection with them. So I feel like going for 90 minutes is a pretty big deal. And I think it's really, really helped the actual flow of the show. I don't know. Was that actually due to like a writer's strike or something like that, that they chose so. to do that? Um, yeah. I really hope they keep it then. Um, yeah. I think that's I mean, probably it, it really, I feel like has helped the flow of the show. You get to see camp life. You get to actually connect with people and then, you can kind of, even some of these early boots, I feel like I have a better understanding of them compared to past seasons. I was just looking through some of the past seasons and some of the early boots, I'm just like, I know nothing about you at all. I, I yeah. don't remember a single thing. Well, that's what I said last week that I felt like, you know, other seasons like 42 have been good in spider production and the season's been good because of production. And now it's like with a couple of quits, that also drink every time we say quit on this podcast I feel like <laughs> a lot but now it feels like production is also overcoming some of those issues you know like we've mm. always said that um you know casting really saves you know some pretty bad production decisions in the past and now i'm not saying that it's like bad casting but a couple of the cast members have questionable be, yeah so maybe that that's a bit disappointing but production is like saving it from that like the fact that they didn't have the impulse to just cram things in i was thinking about this episode obviously there's a swap like that's the big and it's great and and that's like the big twist but like i still think i would have expected them to even like shove in a journey or something and that they haven't and there's been one journey in four episodes and also the kendra thing and the raid but like that's it's what been I mean, nice it's, 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 it's been variety been, so much space to breathe and it feels it feels like I have yeah more like breathing time to really yeah. just like enjoy um, the little bits and pieces here and there. And on top of that, it makes the challenges more exciting if at least, like, I don't go into edit too much and that sort of thing. But, like, you know, as someone who's watched a lot, you can pick up on a very obvious edit. And so that actually removes a little bit of that, just the fact that we get to see every single tribe before a challenge and get to see the dynamics. And there could be a threat here or there could be a threat here rather than just see one tribe there's a very obvious person who's in trouble and you get just this one split of like, will they go, will they not? And that is yeah. just too simple at this stage in Survivor. I feel like you need to see every tribe and get a little bit of a, a taste of each one. So that's been great. Yeah. Can you imagine if they just focus on the losing tribe? Like we would almost know no one. <laughs> like most people yeah, haven't gone to exactly. Castle, like so. we would, yeah. we would care nothing about a single person except for Lulu tribe or the old yeah. Lulu tribe. Um, yeah. So I, I'm actually really liking it. I feel like I know the players better um, and I'm enjoying all the little bits and pieces, even the smaller characters. Um, 
people like Sifu um, got a great episode, even though, like, just, I mean, just in terms of entertainment, getting to see him, getting all the little tidbits. I mean, you just look at those tiny things like him walking down off voting for someone and he does this little, like, uh, gymnastics sort of, like, jump mm. and, and land and that sort of thing. And just all those cool little bits um, that they get to enjoy as well. Like, because as a player, that's actually a big deal. Like, imagine going home and then you watch the show back and there's just nothing for you. Like, you're sitting down with your family and they don't get to see you and they'll never get to see you because just forever it's just gone. And so I've been a very lucky person in the fact that, like, I've got to see lots of my stuff back. But even then, the amount that just gets left on the cutting room floor is gigantic. So to have nothing would be pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, well, you've earned, you've earned the airtime. But look, Australian Survivors used its extended runtime differently. They've definitely tried to give more of a focus in the US. I do feel like Sifu, we're getting a bit more of him now. I still feel like he's a bit two-dimensional. I feel like he is someone who is expressed pretty much entirely in like Jack Black montages. <laughs> but it's still nice. It's still yeah. nice to actually get you know Jack Black. out there. That's what yeah. we know about him. Yeah, exactly. Like that's literally and, his whole personality. Just having those creative decisions of like the camera angling up at him as he's like brandishing a machete and mm. like a little bit maniacal. Yeah. It like it felt like a little bit of a throwback to the Marianne um, machete yeah. sort of scene as well. It's just good to get those nice little things like for the audience, but also for the players as well. They get to watch a band and be like, oh, look at this funny thing. And they'll have that to sort of cherish forever. So it's nice getting the confessionals for everyone. It's nice having those weird little moments that they all get to actually have so i actually love that those little bits are are great viewing for me yeah katura had a lot of fun stuff this episode although i do feel like with sifu like sifu we're just gonna get on the floor here and just try to angle it like you're a big (laughs) but um don't think that makes you a target like it's fine everyone's on (laughs) don't read into this but yeah let's talk about the word of the moment quit um sean's quit was so unique and so confusing and it was introduced 57 minutes into the episode which is just insane to me and I was so so bewildered by this and then I'm like I'm gonna really just rely on the exit press so the exit press I felt was extraordinarily illuminating you know Sean talks about how he has regret he talks about how had they just sent Sifu home like you know obviously he would have gone back to camp it wasn't the same as Hannah and like he just I think he just would have been fine and I thought oh my God, this man wanted to quit for 10 minutes. That's how I feel. I feel like that, like if anyone's asking like what happened, which I was, my takeaway is that, you know, he just had like a terrible idea for 10 minutes. I feel like, I feel like he just wanted to save face and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I heard a rumor that this was Jeff Probst's interpretation as well. That's Mm -hmm. a rumor I heard. Um, so I don't have any sources, but I heard that Jeff basically thought that he basically thought he was going to go and then immediately switched into making this nice storyline for himself about why he was leaving for the benefit of the other players so he could look good. Um, I don't agree just, with Jeff, though. Yeah, you I don't know. I, that, I mean, that's the only logical take I can actually make because he's like, oh, well, I'm going to go see my partner. And it's like, well, no, you're not. You're going back to Ponderosa for a couple of days. Um, so there's no logic there. There's, like, I mean, there's no logic to most of it. It's like it's a short game. Like what's the maximum you're going to be there? Another like 15 days or something? 
I know. I love that from an Australian survivor player who's played, you know, what was it? 50 days? 49 yeah. days. Yeah. And um, just- and this, this is day nine. So it's unfortunate oh. from an Australian survivor perspective, but I think I agree with you. It's not logical. It is. I will, I will say this. It is the most illogical decision. I think there's an argument that it's the most illogical decision in survivor history that he just randomly quit. But I think that there are things that can lead to a lack of logic. You don't have to like, for me, I don't, I don't have to force logic. I don't think he necessarily thought he was going home and was trying to save face. As it's been pointed out, Jeff asked that question to multiple people, Brandon and Emily in episode two. Sean's been a part of that multiple times. He knows that that doesn't necessarily mean it's him. Um, and there's so much there that it could be Sifu. There's no real face to save. It's just a bad swap. It's not like he's an idiot. If, any, if anything, he can play shot in the dark either way. You know, like numerically, they're either with him or not with him. His vote doesn't really matter. If it erodes some trust with a group that was going to keep him, it's like, look, I don't know you guys. I'm, you know, I was just trying. Now I don't have my shot in the dark. We move forward. So he can look like, oh, I was prepared and play his shot in the dark. Like there are so many ways to go with it on a bad swap if he's even remotely scared that it's him. So I don't think he needs to say face and I don't think that's how he was thinking about it. I think a lack of logic can be created through a few things. The first one being that Hannah created this culture has been spoken about where he, she just put the thought out there that like, oh, maybe you don't want <laughs> she, it. She set, a, she set a precedent of it being yeah. okay. And I hate that. Well, she, I and I it. think she kind of did because he, like, maybe you never even have the thought, oh, maybe they wanted more than me. But once she's introduced that and he used the same language, maybe he's thinking of it. That's the first thing. Then I do think a lack of food, fire for most of nine days, losing all the time is certainly not good for morale definitely bad for decision making then what i think what you're talking about he just contribute. he just got fire though he like everything he was only up everything and they're not getting it back anytime soon <laughs> but like i don't think i don't think that's why he quits i don't think he quits for the fire i just think like he's demoralized he's not in like the, the best decision making position then what you're talking about in terms of him thinking he's going home i don't think he thought he was going home but the fear of that the fear of being the decoy the paranoia of just being blindsided Maybe he starts getting him. I think it's like all these things at the same time. Um, and then he starts overthinking about the purpose and the journey things he talked about in the preseason. And I think it just culminates in like one moment of like basically of weakness and of just over-reflection where I truly believe had he said this two hours ago at camp to Jay Meyer as an example, she'd be like, no, 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 that's, that's a really stupid thing. He'd be like, yeah, you're right. Okay. And then it would have been fine. Like how many people have had this hour-long, 30-minute-long moment of weakness at camp, and then it passes. Like they were saying on no, Nodal, all yeah, that's, that's the season. thing. Oh, my God. And it's like, all right, for anyone who goes out there and plays, everyone has moments of weakness. Everyone has things in your head where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I think yeah. I need to quit. You just push those thoughts to the side and you keep playing. Like that's just how it is. You need to accept that everyone has those moments. And you just have to keep going. And yeah. to me, I think I think that's the thing as well. Can, can you indulge me in a personal, like, story yeah. for one second? Yeah. Um, and you can edit it out if it's no. completely boring. But basically, I just want to share that it's my hot take that basically 90% of people don't fully actually get to see what they're capable of basically. And usually it's a scenario like this where you are forced beyond the comfort zone that actually helps you get to that place mentally. And so when I was 17, 
I tried out for pro wrestling and it was this thing where it was an extremely, extremely rough camp, basically. Two days, they just taught you biggest loser style, um, reality throwback, um, and then with like beatings interspersed, basically. And I still remember the time where I basically spent the morning doing a leg workout until I threw up. And then immediately after I threw up, there was a guy who'd basically been watching me and he's like, you're going to come with us right now and you're going to do this three kilometer run basically. And through the entire thing, I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit for 25 minutes and he just pushed me. He's like, you're not allowed to stop. Get to the end. I told him you have no idea how much that hurts. And he goes, yes, I do. I go through that all the time. And to me, it was just this big eye opener. One about that. Yes, everyone goes through these things and they push through them to what the human body is actually capable of because it's capable of a lot. And I feel like people do not ever reach that level where you go past where the brain wants to go. So part of me is always disappointed in a quit because I know what they're capable of. They're capable Mm. of more and it is so disappointing, especially, I mean, you look at, what was it, Hannah? Yeah. She just like, she definitely just gave in to the demons. She could have gone so far. And Sean is the same. You are capable of so much and you yourself limited that. And so that to me is just incredibly disappointing as someone who wants to see people actually realize the real journey of going past where your brain said to stop. And so that's why like when like we have people like Baden in my season, who was like day two, he's like lying on the floor, like nauseous and looked like he wouldn't last like a day at all. And then he goes 50 days. And that to me is amazing. Like people get to realize things about themselves. So that like they talk about the journey and this sort of thing. The journey's not over when you just want to give up. That's not when it's over. It's over when people vote you out. So that's my that's my personal well, take. I have a personal counter take. I mean, I think for Hannah, she wasn't capable. Like, I, feel, I don't think she was capable. I, I wouldn't personally be capable of Survivor. So I understand that she, she was wrong about her limits. And I think she bowed out for her, which she needed to do. The unfortunate thing was that she didn't know beforehand that she was incapable. I think some people are genuinely incapable and it was her. The, the confusing thing is it doesn't feel like it was Sean. So Sean's, I feel like, is different. Hannah's, I feel like people were mad about it, but I understood it fully. I don't think she could have gone more than that from the whole, from the, the very beginning. She was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then she dipped out. Again, you could not like that, but I think it was understandable. Whereas I think Sean's was more confusing because he certainly was capable and he chose not to. My counter story is that I don't have any physical thing about pushing through anything because I don't do anything like that. But my thing that I once almost quit was podcasting. Like the thing that is me outside of my comfort zone and pushing my limits is podcasting. The thing that interacts negatively with my mental health and that I've had to push through and work on in therapy and everything is podcasting. So in 2020, during Australian Survivor All-Stars. I'm not blaming Australian Survivor All-Stars, but I kind of am. Um, I had like, a mental <laughs> breakdown based on doing this stuff. And no, it's your, yeah, it wasn't you. Actually, you you getting voted out, that whole side wasn't helpful to me, but it's fine. No, it's I not do. about me. Um, thank you for your service. It's all good. Um, anyway, I struggled, absolutely struggled and worked on it so hard to get myself to a point where I can like manage mentally putting myself out there to, to have any kind of spotlight and to to do this. And 
Like I'm but a that, very that, that does that does agree with me though. No, it's, no, it's it doesn't. You, it's, you faced adversity, and I then, did, and you did what was necessary <laughs> no. to actually get past it. Whereas I feel like they decided they just weren't going to face the adversity. No, but it's different because the reason that I pushed through is because I love podcasting so much that I felt that I didn't want to lose the thing that I loved, like for myself. I, like it was worth it for me to push through so that I, I didn't want to leave like that. And I, just because I love it, like it, it was a gift that I gave to myself. Like I truly believe that. But if I didn't love it as much, I kind of clearly wasn't loving Survivor. I think, yeah, I'm the, don't they, are they all meant to be If the difficulty and the the effect on me was greater than my love. And honestly, it, it the, my that's how much I love doing this. But if it was, I would have left. I would have quit. And I honestly feel that it would have been my right to. Like, if that was what I needed to do for me in my journey so that I could live my life, or like if I was incapable of doing this, which to a point I almost was, then I would have, then I, I feel like I would have been entitled to leave. And it, I am proud of myself for pushing through it. But I, I think that's why I, maybe like that's a, a big reason that I give the grace is because I know like sometimes you simply can't and you have to put like your life and your mental health first. I'm not talking more about Hannah again. I don't know how I got back to this. But like well, this is I mean, different to Sean. I feel like Sean's is very different. But in general, in terms of like general quits, I think that's why I give grace because I think I could have quit and I would have been entitled to quit. And I only didn't quit, not for anyone else who like, feels like I should push through things, but just because I wanted it for me. But if I wanted it less, I would have been out and I would have been, not that I would have been happier, but I would have had less work to do over the last couple of years in terms of my mental health. And maybe that would have been better. But anyway, so I think that's yeah. why I come from a different perspective. I, I definitely understand. I disagree based on the context of them signing up for the show Knowing what the show is, you have but you never know. bit of information. That, I, disagree. Got, it's, it's I disagree. Later, I disagree. You've up, got all the information. No, you don't. Like, I signed up to podcast and never for a million years would have ever thought it could have had that effect on me. Like, you sign up for Survivor. And, like, yes, like, like for, it's a oh, reason so I would never sign up for Survivor. You should know, but sometimes you don't. Like, again, I'm, I'm not talking about Sean. I don't feel like this is Sean. Mm. But, like, I, I feel like sometimes it's just very different than you expect. And your failure is in not knowing yourself and not understanding what that would entail. Like there's definitely like large amounts of failure there. If I had quit podcasting, I would have been a failure, but maybe I would have been entitled to that failure over and above other worse things, you know? I, but to me, I mean, and this is, we could talk about this for hours and I hope that we don't. <laughs> but, but basically to me, I think it's the difference in how you look at failure. And I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of people that are really quite inspirational in the terms of successful people fail just the same amount of as unsuccessful people. It's just that the people who fail and are successful, they're just like, all right, well, I failed. I'm just going to keep going. Like It doesn't matter that I failed in this context because I'm just going to do it again. Um, So I've met a lot of these people that it's pretty much just a case that they just brush themselves off and they just keep going. And I think I'm not a brusher. I think that's why. <laughs> I'm not, that's why I think I, I identify but, with the good. Yeah. I'm like, I see you. You dip out. It's good. <laughs> but my my general personal sentiment is, I feel like people are always capable. Or 90% of people are capable of so much more than what they think they're capable of. Um, mm, I don't agree. But, <laughs> people right. Which is okay. I, I think that's a nice sentiment. That's a nice sentiment. It's more interesting that we disagree. But 
to throw a more strategic thing back. Um, the other reason I was really annoyed at Sean is he is unintentionally causing ripples through the game. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you're quitting at this stage, there's no way around it. Like you were going to cause strategic ripples. And to me, I think it's a big thing because he is unintentionally screwing over Caleb and he is unintentionally potentially making Emily a kingmaker in her tribe because basically they're going to go back. This tribe, Reba, is going to go back onto the map and they're going to set the precedent that we are getting rid of Yellow Tribe and we are completely strong. We are not breaking. So let's say hypothetical, they actually don't go back to tribal. There's another tribe that goes back to tribal. There is now the precedent that Reba is strong. And so you've got to look at that from the perspective of being like a Bellow tribe member. Mm. And all of a sudden you're rethinking whether you actually want to go against one of your own because, I mean, even in the 40s, there is the precedent of these tribes that just basically run house after merge. I mean, you've got what, it was like the Orange tribe that had like a bunch of them. Uh, Taku had like Omar and Lindsay and Jonathan and Mariana. They basically were like four of the last six. And then you also had, um, was it like 41? 41 had like the blue tribe just basically yeah, like yeah. steamrollers. Well. So there is the precedent there in the 40s of a tribe just steamrolling by staying strong. So in my mind, if I'm playing, that's what I'll be thinking. I'll be like, oh, God, like Reds, they're just sticking together. So I'm going to have to do the same thing. So if I'm there with Caleb, all of a sudden I'm like, well, I really want to keep him, but if we're actually going to not just get steamrolled at merge, we better just get rid of him and stay strong ourselves. Well, there is the possibility that there'll be some sort of inter-tribe thing or intra-tribe thing Um, because there has been in every round like a journey or there was a raid. So, I mean, after a swap, we don't know in the new era because we've not had one. Um, but there might there might be some way that they could like communicate that. I think they'd probably be pretty but, honest about the fact that. But would you would you would you believe them? Would you if if yeah, they're just I mean, like it would, be, it would be interesting. I mean, if it's like true Reba members, if like Drew, Drew goes back with D, you know, she's going to tell him like an I would, ally. So well, yeah, yeah, but Reba, like, because it's like if I'm a Bellow yeah. member, yeah, and I go with them. They're like, oh yeah, Sean just Sean just asked to be voted out. I'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, sure. every time, sure did. twice just, in one season. Yeah, we've heard that before. Um, yeah, I see that. I mean, I think in general, the strategic ripples is an interesting conversation. On know-it-alls, they were saying, like, Stephen was saying, you know, it's different. When Hannah quit, like, that was at the very beginning. We're now, like, a third through the game. Like, in terms of the strategic ripples, just for, like, the fact that D is now voted for Sifu, the fact that they didn't get what they wanted out of this. And I would argue, to be fair, while it was kind to Emily in the first episode, and thank God we have Emily, while it was kind to Sifu here... There is. It does diminish agency across the board. It's not just because they're a third of the way through, although obviously the layers are now more complex. Like, Sabaya got three cheesy points, episode one, because Emily was meant to go home. She was meant to have taken out her enemy. And then Emily and a few other bad decisions from Sabaya will end up being Sabaya's demise. So her agency was diminished through the quit. It was good to Emily. It was terrible for Sabaya. And here as well. So I do think that there are strategic ramifications. Even said, like, you have a contract with these people to, like, play the game. And I do... I do see large parts of that. I just think from their perspective, like the Reba members who wanted to keep Sean, it was so unfortunate that this moment, which I truly just think was just really, I think just a strange so 10 minutes. Minute. So last minute. It was, it was so impulsive. And the issue is, we've, I don't know if we've ever had someone quit 
without other people being like, no, don't quit. But they couldn't do it because he was the decoy. And the whole point of him being the decoy was so that they could blindside Sifu. So when he's like, I'm going to quit, someone like Sifu was like, well, buddy, you're out. Like, <laughs> And yeah, you know, and others can't like talk yeah, they can't, openly like, about it. That's why like, if it was camp, they would have all been like, no, Sean, come on. And he would have been like, yeah. But no one could even push back. So they just let him make this terrible decision. Yeah. And it so, sucks. It oh, my God. Because if you're like, for the people who've actually played, and the people that watch at home, it's actually quite rare to have people's mind change at a tribal. Like normally you'd go in there and as long as you've talked to people, you're like, yep, I'm solid. And weird stuff is going to get thrown out because that's just how it works every single time. People are throwing out like decoy storylines and decoy names and all these other things. And you just got to stay true to what you're doing because if you don't, you're not very reliable. If you're just changing at mm. what people are randomly saying you aren't very reliable i wouldn't want that and if i was d i would actually be a bit pissy because to me i think she did the right thing she called an audible and it was already the plan i would have been annoyed at other people for not staying strong it is it's really hard to argue strategically but to me if i'm aligned with two other people i would want the name that we agreed on to still be the name like at the end of it, no matter what people say, unless it's something very transparent, which I mean, I guess you could argue this was, but I mean, they're supposed to be having him as the alternate. So it's not that transparent, but like, unless it's like an idol or an advantage or something very, very clearly like game changing, I would want all of that verbal nonsense to mean nothing basically. And you just do what you're going to do. You come out, everyone trusts each other and you're out. Um, to me, I also love how brutal D was. <laughs> just like, I don't care if you if you yeah. want to quit, just quit. Yeah. I would be like that. I'd be like, that's two people down instead of one. That's great. Like two well, people closer to merge. Well, it's hard because then is is it like, are we going to have to like then get rid of J Meyer and then what? Like, are we still going to have another round? Like, I think that they want some padding in their tribe to make sure that it will only, which it would be, only be D and Julie at the end at like you know worst case scenario. Mm. So well, I mean. Yeah. But Shannon, they can't go to two because two people would Make just fire. work for each other. Long. Just, would they? Yeah, that's what Stefan Do you think they'd do that in nah, the mirror? They just nah. can't do it. I don't know, it was an iconic moment. It'd be cool to see it happening. I don't I don't think they would, but I think you don't want to like be playing production. Um I think that you want <laughs> you want relationships, you want, you know, possible allies, which Sean could have been. Um, but I, I don't Sean has said like he was not, it wasn't the same as Hannah and you can tell that because it was a different format like he said production with Court of Guards maybe that's why they did it differently but I always said when Hannah quit it was so disingenuous for them to verbally vote because Hannah had quit she was out on her own terms she was not going back to Lulu at all um, she said she threatened it but she would have either way that's what she was saying we'll never really know what would have happened it's like Schrodinger's quit but I think production was like okay she's threatening it she's out and no one else is going home so making them like kind of fakely vote out loud when that was always what was going to happen was just disingenuous whereas this time it went to a vote because Sean was asking for it but if they didn't give it to him I think he was going to go back to camp and at, back at camp I think they would have been like Sean what happened and he would have been like I just like blacked out for a second I don't know what happened I'm like I'm fine now I'm <laughs> in the game so yeah I mean it's it's very unfortunate for D I think though that I disagree with a lot of the decisions made, but I also think this was such an unfortunate position where Sean did this to them. But like, so the first part is like, in terms of Julie and Dee, I, I want to get your take on it, but I was team Julie in terms of like keeping strength. They know that Sifu doesn't have an idol. Like, I don't think he's, 
famous last words, but I don't think he's so much to worry about. Like, is he actively against them? I genuinely don't know. Um, I think Sean I think was the right vote anyway. Like, I would, I would have probably been team. Yeah, exactly. Sean sure, yeah, exactly. is logically the right vote. Even, even if you're worried about the perspective of it being a Mexican standoff with Bello, um, it's still the right move. You keep all the people that you've been playing with. And, I mean, Sifu thinks that you're in cahoots. Yeah, he um, thinks it's Reba Strong. So, like, how yeah. against him can he be? Like, he might not think he's at the top of them or he might think there's a fake girls' alliance, which he's not a part of. But in terms of, like, he only has Reba. So yeah. he, I don't see how he's so much of a social issue for you. Yeah, and Jay, Jay is in on it as well. Like, you literally just have a whole buffer system. And as long as, like, the longer you can keep the buffer system, the longer it's going to go back to... Um, you know, you take control at merge and then you use the buffer system to basically get yourself the whole yeah. way down to the final two, the same way you would have if you had to go to tribal pre-swap, basically. Yeah. Like you just uh, yeah. keep working that down that line. That's the logical, like it's the boring way to do it, but it's also the the smart way to do it. Yeah, I think that that's true pre-merge. Like they're going to be losing challenges. I think regardless, probably they're not in the great greatest spot, although they only just lost to Bello. Without Sifu, it's very, very tough. Do you want to be in a position where everyone's going to get thrown off the ship. Like in terms of, you know, they say to Jay Maya, we'll get rid of Sifu, then Sean, then we'll merge. That would be at 13. Three out of four new era seasons have had Murgatory at 12, but those have included the double first boot in 41 and the Medivax in 42 and 44. So it could be a 13, it could be a 12, but it's definitely a strong possibility that Jay Maya will also have to be sacrificed if you keep losing these challenges, like Sifu, then Sean, then Jay Maya, then Murgatory. Do you want to not have Flynn? Do you want to keep to have, you know, throwing people off the boat at Tribal Council? And last week, Teresa and I were saying that it is, you know, maybe you, do, you don't rely on the challenges. You keep trusted as much as you can. But they just met Sean. Sifu doesn't feel like that much of an issue for me. Like weighing it against like that extreme physical boost, I think that I would go with the challenges. And I also think there's like a tiny thing about Jay Maya having Sean more as a number instead of them going to a 2-2. I'm sure they throw each other under the bus, but it's not the best. And he doesn't even necessarily seem like you're – like they had a good connection, but like you're yeah. immediate number. As, as soon as Jay was really going for Sean, you have to think that as well. you got to be like, oh, God, if we yes, actually follow what exactly. Jay's saying, then it's us two and Jay with someone that she really, really likes. And all yes. of a sudden, like, yeah, you're going straight towards a 2-2. So I think every, every single yeah. thing – did actually point towards Sean as being the correct target because then yes. you still have Jay thinking that it's a three. Like you basically have the perfect like layered onion system of like it, it's going to end up as you two no matter what. Um, yes. And, and then not Sifu and Jay Meyer are against each other, which is great. Yeah. And you still have the challenge strength as well, which is fine. Um, yeah. You basically just win out on everything. So I think for everything, Sean was the um, correct vote. Yeah, so then it gets to, okay, well, Sean's asking to quit. So then for me, I'm like, well, Sean would be the better vote anyway, so let's just do that. I don't think the D, like you say, just go with the name. I think that Sean has changed things so drastically that now the name is Sean. Like that's to me the implicit name. While that you walked in with a different name, it's turned around so much. I mean, I guess that can be debated, so it's hard. But to me, to call the audible across tribal to Julie, I thought that that was too tricky. Like just vote. I think I think they're 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 both wrong. Really, it's like I yeah. feel like it, you decide on the name, and you need to be like keeping things steady because if if you can't be reliable like that, then it's like what's the point? If we've walked into tribal saying one name, 
um, then we should go with that. But at the same time, Sean was the correct name. Like it shouldn't have actually been secret. It just it's not that logical for Dee and Julie, who should be the ones that basically just consolidate power and guarantee themselves merge, essentially. Yeah. So it's kind of like I feel like I disagree with every part. Like definitely start with Sean for me. I feel like then when Sean asked to quit, then vote Sean. Mm. Don't like don't be calling the audible from D. I I don't agree. But then kind of once she once she calls it, I kind of feel like then Julie has to have to do it. You know, like then she like really throws but Julie yeah, and Julie and Jay should have just they should have yeah, if they had yeah. a different name if they had seafood they should have just done seafood they should have yeah. been able to disagree on it if they did disagree on it just say just be like no like if we're in this strong alliance we should be able to disagree with each other that should be actually at camp be, or a tribal at camp that that is but, to but me at it's camp, like at camp it was a two on one like D changed her mind that she wanted seafood out. And Jay Maya wanted Sifu out. That's why Julie had to capitulate. Like that, mm. they, they didn't just capitulate to Jay Maya. Like D went from oh we need strength to like actively so, wanting Sifu so out. So Jay is the point. one. Jay is the one that screwed up as well. Yeah, really, well, well, by just being too wishy washy with it all. I going back and forth. No, D was the one going back and forth. Jay was always like take <laughs> oh, out Sifu. Um, so it's funny how that. Well, we right. We blame all of them. Even though, even though I feel like some of it was very logical play, like to me, I think like the strongest alliance that you can ever have is two people that think that they can both beat each other at the end. That's, that's the best alliance you could ever have because they both have no reason to vote each other out. Like the second best alliance is people that can completely disagree with each other without getting upset about it and without going to other people to just completely like blindside the other people. You just disagree until you come to some kind of arrangement. So I feel like if they were truly a good alliance, they should be able to come to a solid agreement on what they're doing no matter what. Even if people disagree, you still just you make that compromise at times, but you're always just a unit. And I feel like they weren't a unit in this stage and they might need to pick that up if they're going to actually be powerful at merge. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
I think that they did okay. Like they went with majority rules, which ended up being Sifu. I just think that when like it's quite like a weird thing to throw in there, like a spanner in the works when Sean's going to ask to leave, um, yeah. whether you're going to honor that. And obviously a lot of people haven't, which is totally fair if it's worth it. So them, I don't think it was because I think yeah. Sean was the vote anyway. It's their first tribal council and he's asking to uh, go yeah. for reasons. I guess I'm, critical. I guess I'm being yeah, like, rough you're chasing it, it like is they, they it is... in a split way. No, I mean, it is their first travel council. Yeah. That, that, I think, yeah, you get a pass. Well, it's just, I just think it's tough because what becomes the implicit name when they walk in with Sifu, but then Sean's asking to leave. Um, And I think that that probably can be debated, but I don't think that D should have pushed for Sifu. Then I think Sean would have been the implicit name. But then once she has, I feel like Julie has to go with her. And at that point, it would have been a 2 2 1. Like Sean threw his vote not wanting to pile on Sifu in case, you know, contributed to Sifu going home but it would have been the same thing where then they would have been at a tie and then they could have been like, then they would have definitely taken out Sifu because at that point they're all in obviously on the fact that they put votes on him and they would have had to be like, Sean, snap out of it. And then (laughs) they would have, I think he would have been like, oh yeah. And then they would have just voted out Sifu. So it really was Julie's like one vote. I, I, I feel like it's tough to blame her so much in that situation, but at that point, maybe you have to go with your ally if they're like audibly saying Sifu. I just think like it is very, very tough. Um, and then for Jay Maya generally, she is the one pushing to keep Sean. And like the reasons are, I thought the idol reasoning was interesting. It's like, we have to blindside him now because otherwise next time she doesn't know he doesn't have the idol. Next time, obviously he'll, he'll play the idol. He, she thinks he has because he knows he's on the bottom with the girl thing, which is true. Um, so if all that were true, like that, that would happen. And he has been looking for idols, so you see why she would think that. I just yeah. I wonder what your thoughts are on this because I feel like that's a good point. Sean is maybe like the first real connection she seems to have made in this game, like her best connection yet. So pushing for that. But then from a strength perspective, I feel like she's she doesn't know her own position to know like if they lose a lot, she's in genuine danger of going home pre-merge in a way that Julie and D are not. And also it feels like Sean probably isn't going to make it. Like definitely one of them, you know, between the oh, two of Jay Meyer and Sean. So I feel like yeah. she needs strength a lot, but then she also has this connection. So where did you feel about her, like really wanting to keep Sean? No, it probably makes the most sense for her to keep Sean. If like, if you're using her mindset, like the idol thing makes sense. And the others, it's just one of those amusing things where the others can't tell her the truth to get her to vote the way they want. Because mm. if they do, they're going yeah. to reveal too much about yes. themselves. But it's also yeah. not in their best interest to be lying to her that much. It's just sort of like a lose-lose, which is quite funny. Um, but it's in her best interest to probably um, keep Sean. Um, it's it's a weird thing, though, because she's in a pretty poor position where they're on an objectively weaker tribe than the other two. The other two are pretty stacked now. Yeah. Um, and Without Sifu, on- that tribe is Sean, J. Maya, Julie, and D. like... But the type of pretty homogenous challenges that we have, it's really hard to see how they ever win again. Yeah. And then she's also not, like, if we're talking about, like, uh, perceived strength, she's probably on the bottom of that too. Um, so it's not an ideal situation at all. Um, but I think keeping Sean, if if I'm looking at it as her, I'll be like, well, I'm not in good challenges. There is a possibility we literally go the whole way down to two. I just want to keep the people that, are on my side rather than anyone else's side. Yeah. I think that it's, yeah, I I see it both ways for her. Like I think things make sense. I just, it's hard for me because she, when she's playing from without knowing her position, like I just want her to know. 
And I don't know if she does. I'm third with the girls. Like I really need to make sure that I have a lot of, so some, some ability to win even just one challenge, because if I'm going to be fodder, like I, I just need to protect that one round, but it's hard for me because she's not making the decision with the knowledge of her position. And I feel like she's missing some of those cues. Like even when she went to Sean and then told him about the whole seafood thing and then came back to Julian Dean. Was like, I oh, thought I that was him. so funny. Yeah. And I they thought were like, that was oh. so funny. And she like hadn't cleared it. I was like, this is, the, this is the lack of awareness of the position and of what you're doing that is concerning to me. And it's just funny that she's throwing the other least dangerous Reba member under the bus um, and just thinking that she's got, like, perfect eyes on the game. And poor Sean, like, he's come in from this other tribe not doing well and the person he connects with the most is the person literally with the least idea of what went on at Reba out of every single person and just yeah. gets, like, the least information and the most poor take. And I just thought it was so <laughs> funny that he's yeah. just that unlucky here's what's going on and she has no idea what's going on here's what's going on this other guy who was clearly on the bottom is the most dangerous person here yeah um sean i'd love to talk about sean sean was like two minutes away from getting three cheesy points in this episode i felt like sean did so well (laughs) like but before before the moment of the you know the q word um like he he asked at the beginning of the episode he's like i'd love a swap and to like make new relationships like you got everything you wanted like he did, like I know that Sifu obviously wasn't helping himself with the Jack Black montages, but I also really feel like Sean made these great connections. Everyone really liked him. And it was just a really great job until that moment. And then I felt so sad because I was like, okay, firstly, the, the, this is the thing that I've just confirmed. They don't go on a pre-jury trip. I thought they do because they did in 42, but apparently the rest of the new era just goes back to Ponderosa for the pre-jury and then goes home. So I don't think it was about seeing his husband, but like, that Sean has two trajectories. You're either going home in this tribe where they're just going to lose challenges. Like you, you stay around now, maybe even edge out over Jay Meyer, not that he would know that, but like, but maybe even then lose another challenge. Like this is the dangerous time. But, and then if you go home, then you actually are literally going home. There's no pre-jury trip. But then if he makes it through to Murgatory, he will have like the Denise run where he went, there was like an all the disaster tribes, lost all the challenges, went to every tribal council. He wouldn't really be a threat at the merge, like you would think compared to like other, you know, maybe this like yeah, he goes he goes through, yeah, and then, yeah, and then he has story. a story. That, yeah, he he's like I didn't think it would be the Sean story. I'm like, but the Sean story is compelling. Like that's what hurt me. It was like you're either gonna go home anyway, like let's see how it goes, or if you make it, now we're in a great spot. So that was just so painful to me. Like if Sean had God forbid tripped on the way to the voting urn and then got medivaced out of there, like I would give him three shizzy points in this episode. He trips on his yeah. way back from, like, he trips on his way in. They just, like, have him as a puppet. So he can't talk, but they're just pretending like he's still there. Yeah. <laughs> and then he doesn't get to say anything or quit. And they all just yeah. don't see throughout. And he wakes up the next day still in the game. Oh, yeah. He just went to sleep. Like, that's why I think, like, this is just a say nothing. <laughs> Yeah, like, this do not. That's, so that's what I said about Sabaya last week. I was like, if you just did nothing, then, like, feels like you'd have an idol, your vote, and you'd be in the game, and Emily would be out. Um, but that's why I kind of come down to it. I'm like, I think this has the potential that it actually is pretty funny um, for me. Like, I feel terrible. If I wasn't so disappointed. Feel. No, like, I, that's what I want to talk about from a TV perspective because it, it, I, I think, okay, from a TV perspective, while, like, I was, like, actually, like, oh, this is better in episode one because we keep Emily. Like, I think Emily has proven that from a TV perspective, the Hannah quit, as angry as everyone was, was better for TV. Emily is the star of the season. We need her from a TV perspective. We've gained. Mm, there's we'll benefit, yeah. 
from a character perspective, be worth it. I feel like we'd have to get a bit of a more 3D representation of him. I also feel like Sean was fun. But, like, yeah, I do think now there's, there's like, a bit of the, like, the discourse isn't as unique, clearly, because it's happened twice in four weeks. Like, it's getting pretty tired I'm like I can't I can't do the discourse again but we are and I also think that there's like this culture of the season that now like it's getting a bit of a reputation which can be a little bit sad so I, I would have preferred a straightforward not like well they would have been turning but like see who's been the target I would have preferred that vote because I now think you know just like contributing to yeah. this reputation isn't a good thing but I do think, I, I always want to think about it it's kind of funny that for 10 minutes he was he wanted to quit and then he did if you think about it, it. it but it's it's day nine. It's day nine. Right. <laughs> to put it in perspective, I'm, I'm from Western Australia. We have FIFO swings that are longer than nine days. Like, I mean, and he's like, yeah, he's nine like, days oh, is a long amount of time. I, I can't, I can't deal with it. I need to go home and see my That's family. Love. It's like it's been nine days. You've <laughs> just done a swing. That's it. Like you've just done one work swing. You've got a taste of it. Like you can go home later. Like. Uh, just so disappointing. Yeah. So disappointing. Yeah. I would have preferred the vote. Like, I, I, like if you ask me now, do I want Hannah to quit? Yes. Like, saving Emily. And I'm going to have to see if Sifu can really deliver, if this vote from D can really, like, be interesting, cause fireworks, like, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, you don't want, you don't want the culture of that. You don't want the reputation. It, it's interesting because you look back at these seasons, like SA6 is an example, which did have three pre-merge quits, but is one of my favorite seasons of all time. Um, you've got Micronesia, which had two medivacs and a quit, even though medivac obviously is very different, but I think disappointing in their own way. And then Ko Rong had three medivacs. And for me, like, obviously Micronesia and SA6 are two of my favorite seasons of all time. But I, so I, so I, I, I it depends where we fall in terms of where 45 is going to go. Like, I think it's okay right now, but like, it's all about where are these non-alims basically going to be? Is it, you know, does it, like for Ko Rong, I feel like the medivacs, while I do love the season, I feel like it impacts it poorly from a timing perspective. They, like they become their individual episodes, like Neil is and Joe is. So that I think drags from a, whereas Micronesia, it's always with the vote as well. So I think it becomes like pacing and how much it drags down the season. But if there's enough going on, which 45 has had, it can wear it. But it is something that it has to wear. So hopefully no one else quits or gets many back, God forbid. And then we will kind of see where the season ends up with it. And maybe we look back at like, this was a chaotic season where two people quit. And maybe we look back at the fact that it was kind of funny. Like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll look back and um, give them back their flint. As, as, a, yeah. as my take, to be honest, I really don't think that from a TV perspective, you really gain anything from gain taking nothing. away their flint. It means nothing from, to me. Uh, apart from, like, first three days, yeah, do it. Like, punish the lowest tribe and, and put that first three days, like, make them hard. That's great. Um, that's good for TV because you really get that, uh, like, disparity maybe between like a winning tribe and a losing tribe. It, it's not great TV on day nine. Like what's the point? You'd be like, okay, like they're, they're struggling. Like they yeah. already, they already don't want to go vote people out. Like no one, like it's quite rare that you'll get people really desperate to actually go and vote people out. Um, so it's already a deterrent for most people. So I don't feel like you really need to punish people beyond that. Yeah. It, it's not like, it's not about like, giving handouts to make things easier for people so that they want to do it. I don't think it's about, I think it's just that the, yeah, it's like the, the juice is not worth the squeeze on the flint. Like if it's compounding anything that they're feeling, like we're not getting anything from a TV perspective and it is genuinely probably pretty brutal. Um, yeah, not that that's, I, like, that's, that's I the hardest it contributed bit. in some capacity 
for sure. Even if it's just from a decision-making capacity. Yeah. If- you know what's the funny thing, though, is um, I think I've used a Flint, like, once um, in terms of, like, we always used to, I don't know, maybe this is not allowed with American Survivor, but we used to just make a giant fire as often as we could anytime we left camp. We would just make yeah. a big, big fire. One time it almost burnt down the whole camp. And we came back and, like, lots yeah. of the trees were, like, half disintegrated and we're like, oh, God, <laughs> like you didn't hit the um, actual shelter. But, yeah, we just make a giant fire and then you come back and there's just, like, under the, like, logs and stuff, there's embers and you just use that to restart a fire. Um, a lot of people would, do that, yeah. Yeah, we just wouldn't use our flint at all. So it's like if you've once you've had it once, like technically you could just see if you can get that going, especially in the new era where you know the punishment is coming. So I'm surprised they if they didn't do that. Well, Lulu never had flint, so they never got yeah. to that point. And then for Reba, they probably they, they they did have fire. So I don't know if they would have kept that going. Um, but even so, like for Lulu, I mean, the disaster tribes are fun, but there definitely continues to be this disparity between the tribes that get weaker they also seem to be casting like for weak tribes they always put them on the same beach Ua beach is the same as tika beach is the same as lulu like it feels like they're cursing the beach on purpose they're like oh it'll be a curse because we'll also like put in our weakest people and but then, yeah. then they're not gonna have a flint if they lose they're gonna lose more things they're obviously not gonna get reward because the challenges are often together like the disparity just like completely blows out now if you want to create disaster tribes which i have said a lot of people have said is entertaining TV. Like, they have the formula for it. Anyone can create a disaster tribe when you put disaster people on a tribe. Then don't give them a flint and then just watch them dwindle while at least now they have to sit out different people on the other sides. But if you also want, like, in the interest of fairness, maybe we don't keep just, like, cursing whoever is a Tika slash Lulu slash Ua Beach because it feels like they're doing that on purpose. Yeah. Next season, they just get, like, six Jonathans. Yeah. And just, like, just, like destroy <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it makes like makes me laugh as well. They're like Lulu, the curse is done. Like it's a completely different tribe, people. <laughs> like, the, like all you had to do <laughs> was sub out all your weakest people and keep Caleb, the strongest member, for lots of other very strong people. Like we did it. We broke the curse. Like there was a secret scene where they're like riding like Lulu loses in the in the sand so that the tide would wash it away. I'm like, it might have been that, and it also might have been the very very different people competing and winning this challenge against also much weaker opponents. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like disaster tribes are my flavor. That's really, Damon, I'm into like a little bit. Like you want, I just like variability with it. It's nice the first couple of days. You get one tribe up, one tribe down, or if there's three, you know, you get that nice variation. But day nine, I mean, like technically everyone should be suffering. Like especially in this new era where they actually do make it hard. Even in Australian Survivor, like you still sleeping in the dirt like an Australian survivor is sort of known as being like technically one of the easier ones it's like yeah you still sleep in the dirt for like seven weeks um like it's still hard um so I feel like you don't need to on purpose compound that for like one select group of people I just don't think it's going to be more entertaining than other things that you can produce I think from a storytelling perspective, it's like, firstly, it's iconic and memorable. Like, everyone remembers the disaster tribes. We will remember Lulu. There was a tweet out there. It was like, this tribe, like, one, two of them quit. <laughs> one of them got voted out with an eye on her pocket. The other couldn't make it up a ladder. 
The other, <laughs> like, you know, started a fight on the first mat and then there was Caleb. <laughs> like, <laughs> Caleb was like, a, like a big kind of Caleb's a really good player, yeah. Yes, but no, but no, but in the preseason, it seemed like he was going to be kind of all over the place. And he's like, I actually can't afford to because I need to be like the one stable force in this tribe. So it's iconic. And then I also think it draws attention. Like if they're worried, people don't know this cast, like they're still trying to like feel people out, trying to get people to know everyone. I know this is something that Australian Survivor do this differently by being like, we'll only show you some people. Like you only have to get to know these people. Whereas from a storytelling perspective, it works out in US Survivor, works out by the curse of production making disaster tribes maybe on purpose. But okay, just like get to know this story. And then like in the meantime, we'll be like in our peripheral vision, getting to know the tribes on the side. So I think it does kind yeah. of like, you know, make a point of that, of that view and that, that way to kind of consume it. But I don't know if we can have, like, it seems unfair to just have a disaster tribe on the same beach of every season. Um, so, I mean, they definitely should not be purposefully creating disaster tribes. It's hard to think of how they thought Lulu was going to be fair. I don't know what they, I don't think they thought it would go this poorly, but it doesn't feel like they stacked the cast in, a, in an even way. But it has worked out from an entertainment perspective. Um, and I would, on that note, love to talk about Nulu, what I'm calling it, by the way. I'm doing Redux Bar for the, Reba, new Reba, oh God, new Lulu. Confuse me. <laughs> new Lulu, it's just the new Lulu, and then Bella. I, I think Bell two point but that one was I struggled. Um, new Lulu. So on new Lulu, we have the four Bellows and Caleb. So that's mm-hmm. the Katura, Bruce, um, Kelly, Jake, Caleb tribe. How do you feel about the kind of war for Caleb that was going on here and the ever growing war that is Katura, Bruce? I feel like. It's very interesting and obviously it's like a cold war because as soon as you need to actually vote someone out, there is that whole thing of like will someone shoot first and I think that that may be influenced, as we've said, from the other tribe um, because all of a sudden Bello might have the interpretation that they might need to keep people instead of let's say they had have gone first. I really feel like it would have been Bruce or Katura, basically. Um, but now there's there's that mm, interesting fold to it, um, which actually probably does make it a bit more interesting for a viewer, but I would hate if I was Caleb. Um, I find it really funny how a lot of people look at this game so strategically, and especially with a game this short, people look at it strategically, and every time you still end up with those people where it's like, I just hate them. I just I don't, I don't want to be around them. I don't want to deal with them. And it's like purely personal. And I think that that is fantastic for the TV product. I think that's really good. It creates less logical votes and more um, interesting votes. And I really, really hope it does um, come to a point where they do have to sort of go after each other. I'm not sure with how strong that tribe is. Um, yeah. Not sure that'll actually happen yet, but... Um, I find it really fascinating. And I think some of the confessionals are amazing. The Katura one where she didn't even say anything at all. Yeah. Um, I would love being on that tribe because I would push it further. And now that Caleb has the intel, I don't know if he's that sort of player. He seems too nice. But if I was that player, I would push it. Um, I would. Did you see what Bruce did? <laughs> I don't think you need to push it. I don't know if she needs a lot. Like, well, that, hey, that's a, yeah, you just, you just oh, give God, it a little nudge. It. You just keep bringing him back up. Like, that's all you have to do. You have to just keep bringing their brain back to how much they hate them. And that will increase the torture. I used to do that. It was really funny. In All Stars, I did that with Zach and Jackie because they really didn't like each other. And that was like an avenue for me. And I was mm. a bit 
It was sad that it basically came to a head after yes. my vote out, which was week sucked. though. Um, but um, we were pushing that and we were pushing it pretty hard and I would just always bring it up. I'd be like, oh, like, you know, what did Jackie do now? Like, oh, what did Zach do now? And you just keep pushing it. It's just so much fun. So that's what I would do if I was Caleb. But um, what what side would you be on if you were on a beach? Would you be on side Katura or Bruce? Would you? Because he's got the positive vibes. That's the other thing. It's purely <laughs> subjective. <laughs> Purely subjective dislike. I don't think he's done anything objectively bad, except for maybe the dad bossiness. And well, the Flint thing wasn't great. I mean, it's just it's just like <laughs> no, that, that, dad jokes. That, that's <laughs> no harm, no foul. Like if oh, I no, saw that, I was stressing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that, yeah. that's just like a little joke. That's all right. The bossiness is objectively probably bad, but apart from that, like he's just a nice guy. And to be honest, if you're stuck on an island. Some people get into that. It's just like, you know, you've got that really positive person that just brings the vibes up, and that's that's great to have around if you're down. Maybe it's the fact that they're not down, like they've just spent this time probably living it pretty easy. You know, they're not going to tribals. They're not really struggling in any way. Um, maybe that's why there's that feeling there because it's like you don't, you don't really need that positivity in that situation. But it's also probably the Tad Dang effect of like, oh, we don't go to travel for so long that we can't like get that out or air that in any way. And then it just kind of like bottles up and compounds over time. But I mean, I put a lot of the blame on Katura in her defense. I do kind of feel like Bruce is crazy. Like, <laughs> 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 what Bruce is doing in saying that you say like, where would you go with Bello? Katura doesn't have the numbers. Like, I feel like this group, which is basically like Jake, Kelly and Bruce on one side and then Katura. I felt like I had criticisms, but they were opposite criticisms. Like for the the side with the numbers, like they got a good, like Bruce and, and Jake got a good draw, but they've done well enough to have the numbers. But I think like the arrogance of that and maybe like not needing Caleb as much led them to be pretty vague with Caleb. So from his perspective, from Caleb's perspective, he got more out of Katura. Whereas Jake, like, yes, was like making that personal connection, um, but even said, he's like, oh, I just, I'm not going to say too much until I get more comfortable with you. And then Caleb was like, oh, I kind of feel like he doesn't trust me yet, but he's open. Then I feel like Kelly and Bruce were very nice to him, but they were vague. Like there was no concrete outs about like how Caleb's going to survive this. So he doesn't think that they have his best interest at heart necessarily from what we saw. But they probably feel like, well, we don't need to give you so much. Like we have all the leverage here because we have the numbers, which is true. Katura gives them that very active information. Like in the race for Caleb, she should be winning that. Um, but she needs to do it. I, I don't know how much she knows about that because she might think she has Kelly, but she needs to do it more because she has less leverage because she has no numbers, which is purely due to herself because she has created this with Bruce in a way that from like a possibly frank and bitter conf- confessional from Bruce, he seemed to feel like he's like, we don't see eye to eye, but like once she interrogated me to my face, and then <laughs> he's like, that was the last straw. So it doesn't really seem to mostly be coming from Bruce. Like it, like it really feels like this is like 90% couture from what we've seen, in which case like that is so, I, I get it. It's an emotional thing. It's a human thing from a game playing perspective. You have to criticize that like extremely antisocial behavior where you have a tribe of six. She's also kind of been a little bit at odds with Jake, you know, like well, pressing him on the lawyer stuff. It doesn't seem like they have much of a relationship from what we've seen, you know, very little, but to have, you know, five other people in a tribe, and to have such a negative relationship with one person purely due to the fact that you can't stand them because you can't hide that. That's just like, it's unacceptable. And, and maybe <laughs> if this was a different tribe, like this is a bad draw for her. Like if Jake is Kendra on this tribe instead, 
then Kelly, you know, might have to go with the girls or, you know, she, she's probably going to look at it that yeah. way. So I She's think playing the middle, good. isn't she, Kelly? Kelly uh, is, she's yeah. the one that, like, she's basically just not committed to anything or she is committed to everything, basically. Everyone thinks that yeah. with her, which For is a good place to be. It would be best, I think, for her if she could find a way if they ever lost, which I also think is highly unlikely. But if they ever lost, for her, you'd think, let's just take out Caleb, especially if it's, like, close to a murgatory. Then she never had to choose sides. Let's go Bello strong. But I just don't think that it could play out that way, the way that it's happened between Katura and Bruce, which will force her to kind of choose a side. But the draw that, that this has gone for Katura and the fact that she's just, like, driven that wedge means, like, Katura would probably be you know, a bit of, of a target here, which it just, it just feels very unnecessary. So I'm, I'm pretty critical of that, even though I think she did the best with Caleb, but she like, she had like, you can't go with her. She has no numbers to recruit him to. Her information as well, it was the same thing with Jay Maya, with Sean. Her information was wrong. She was like, it would be Bruce. Yeah, well, I, like, I think, I think yeah. that's where she's been hoodwinked by Kelly, basically, because Kelly has said that she's in with everyone. So Katura probably thinks she has the numbers to just get Caleb and Kelly and then run things, which is an incorrect take. But if Kelly's that good at, just basically playing this balancing act, then you could see where that interpretation would come from. Yeah, which is, and Kelly's done well with that. Bruce is calling her his number one. We don't know if it's true, but like, you know, she's obviously made those good connections and made everyone feel good. But they also is probably something generally about being like a new player in a swap and getting information from someone. And it's like, okay, well, if they need you enough to feel like they're going to give you a lot of information, maybe they're in a more desperate position to have the right information. Because the fact that we get it with Katura and Jay Maya, like that, that, and it also makes just like logical sense, doesn't it? Like, okay, great. This person's giving me everything. It's like, yeah, that's because they need you. Yeah. <laughs> so while they might be trying and they think they're being genuine, it's like, why do they need you? Because they haven't had the full information because they've been in a bad position. So that's probably a bit of a running theme from this episode that we've seen. Yeah, but it's great. It's yeah. great if you can put all those puzzle pieces together as Caleb. Yeah. If if you can work that out and basically be like, all right, this is the person probably on the bottom because they're giving me the most and they need a number. Um, but if you, it's such a small tribe that if you can just get one more person, or if you can sow enough dissension that will buy you one or two votes, it might only need to be one. If you're this strong a tribe, um, it might only need to be one vote that you make it through to merge. So mm. um, I would just be seeing what is the optimal path with any given day. I think it would change depending on the day what the actual optimal path is for Caleb, but just getting mm. that intel, if you yeah. can put those puzzle pieces together, is, is pretty valuable. Yeah, just the intel about the fracture between Katura and Bruce. Although, to be fair, I don't know if she needed to tell him. I think that he could, like, Katura has been death staring Bruce for the last 20 minutes, so I'm picking up that maybe she's not the biggest fan of him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Caleb, obviously, he, he, you know, was being very social, very likable. My concerns with Caleb actually were in a secret scene where he's looking for the idol at night, and he says the, the rest of the tribe don't know the Sabaya left with the Lulu idol. So... He's like trying to take advantage of that by looking for the idol. I thought that, you know, I'm worried he was being a, doing a bit too much there because we see that Emily tells them about the fire idol, which made me laugh so hard. It's like, okay, let me tell you the story. It's like, a, you know, like a crazy, crazy story about what happened. But she gave them all the information. So that could come out at a journey or at Mogatory pretty quickly if he's not giving them everything. Like, I think that it behooved Lulu to tell their tribes everything um, and just assume the other people are doing that. And then just go with that. So if he's keeping some stuff there, I just worry that it could be a bit cagey. It wasn't in the episode, yeah. but like one concern that I have to give. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you're in Caleb's position, because it's like you could get the benefit of having the idol just from that head start. 
I find the other tribes dynamic so fascinating, just that extreme honesty coming from actually like a bunch of people like Emily, like Drew, Mm. um, just to like embrace a couple of people with that extreme honesty. They're probably going to get burnt, but it is actually reasonable strategy for right now if you can find some shields in the mid game. Like you'll need them because if you're being honest about everything, you're the person with control over things and advantages. Um, So you start to put yourself up there as a target. But I just find it so interesting. And it's actually that is the most fascinating tribe now because Emily basically will choose um, which side gets a leg up. Um, Because there is the possibility Emily becomes the last Lulu member. Like that is an actual Mm. quite reasonable possibility um and then she would decide which out of reba and bello actually has someone go home first um yeah i feel like it's leaning towards that drew side though and it's like they they would have a lot more in common probably is you've got like a bunch of uh what is it drew's east coast emily's east coast you've got I think I looked. They're both nerds. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, both nerds. Like they've got things in common. Brando's there. Brando's a nerd. This whole tribe is nerds. But he's. But they're the other two are West. He's the biggest nerd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kendra's very like. She's you know astrology and all, and I don't feel like Emily would like that. But in saying that, Kendra bonded with Kelly and Katura when like Kelly said she Mm. wouldn't have expected it. Kendra's like a good social player, so I guess you never know. Like for me, until you put pen to parchment, um, I don't feel like that's decided. Yeah, no, definitely not decided. And definitely, like, if you're looking at an advantage, it's probably, you know, 55% to 45% likely that she sides with Reba. Um, but I think it, it, there is something to be said about commonalities. Uh, it's something that is definitely a big thing and you don't think about it until you sort of realise, like, oh, we've, like, we've actually got so much in common. That's, like, why we're having such good banter and chats and, like, our values are similar um, it, it's just one of those things where people tend to gravitate towards each other. And if you've got someone who's a lot more similar, who's from very close to where you are as a nerd as well, um, I could see Emily gravitating in particular towards Drew. So I do think it, I mean, that's definitely what we've been, that's all we've seen. I think on the next time when we see Bello actually talking to Emily about it. So we've only seen one side of it. Um, I, I definitely think it's possible. I had a couple of questions. I mean, what we saw was good. You know, she says she feels like she has autonomy. She's not being spoken to. She's being included. Drew saying things like you can call the shot. He seems to understand her motivations because they are similar people. My that's, question that's so is, good as well. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was from Drew or from both of them. I felt from Drew and Emily, like they met each other in, a very, yeah. in a very good way. But my question is, Drew has this connection with Caleb. Caleb gave him the goodwill advantage. He told Caleb about safety without power. And Emily and Caleb are, you know, key allies. And Emily seems to have told him everything that happened on that tribe. So I think it would definitely behoove Drew and Austin. And I don't know if if Caleb told Emily about goodwill and, and safety without power. But firstly, I would assume she knows. So you should go and tell her as if you always wanted to. Like, oh, did you know? Like, either way, like, I was going to tell you. Um, They could definitely use that. These are two more minor advantages. And I feel like it would be like, we already have the relationship with Caleb. He gave us goodwill. We have this thing. We, you know, we could help you and, and, and Drew could keep telling people about, the, about safety without power um, to keep like building these numbers, especially with the assumption that she 
may know anyway. And I thought it was interesting that we didn't see that as part of that conversation. It definitely could have been part of the conversation. We just didn't see it. But they can keep beware to themselves. But definitely I would be talking about those two other advantages to like build some like really concrete trust, which Bello can't do because they haven't found anything. Um, they haven't had that connection with Caleb. We, Kendra did come to Lulu. So maybe that's a connection there that she made. But otherwise, it's more been Reba and Lulu connecting and definitely Drew, especially connecting with Emily's main ally. So that I feel like would be a really, really like certain way to like pull it over to your side. Yeah. I think there there would guarantee be a lot that we haven't seen so far. They would be immediately pushing pretty hard with that dynamic of like two two one. Um, I think it's hard to say because isn't the whole point of the goodwill advantage to basically have Austin make his idol more powerful, but then you use it to get the vote back? Isn't that the whole point of it? So I don't know if the goodwill advantage can be used for sacrifice votes for something like shot in the dark or sacrificing for your idol to be um, more long-term because it says lost votes. So that might only point to like the journey or if you've picked Mm. up the beware advantage, it does mean that they can try find the bellow beware advantage that um, hasn't been found. And maybe like Austin's obviously good at finding these things. He found one already. So without any of, of the threat there, um, I definitely think the goodwill advantage should be for like any type of vote just makes them more dynamic, definitely more powerful. But I'm not 100% sure if it would then include a sacrifice vote. I really hope that that would be how it would work because like actually comboing things together makes for very interesting like gameplay and TV. But it, I think if, if they can use it that way, then you kind of don't want to talk about it unless um, Emily brings it up. Like, and I don't know, you, you do you ever want her to bring it up first? Like, you, would, you would want her to bring it up first you, or at least, like, at least you could probe for it. Like there's ways that you could just naturally um, probe for Emily's relationship um, with Caleb first um, before you're just like, hey, 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 we have all the advantages. Um, but I mean, safety without power. Yeah, you'd go straight to that. You'd be like, "Look, we can use this together." Um, it's not. It's not that powerful. Um, so you would definitely use that. I don't know whether you would want to lay out all these other plans. One, because it tells it everything, and two, because um, if you're basically making yourself more powerful, then it does paint you as a target. And if you're sort of actively doing that, um, I would probably just stick to the social stuff first. Um, until you get a good read. If she votes out the other people, um, like as soon as you get one vote and you've got one more, then I would probably just tell her. Be like, look, we've got everything. Don't worry. Um, We're going to do this. And then as long as you have that logical thing to it, because she's so logical, you could literally be like, look, we're telling you all of this. We need you into merge. This isn't the sort of situation where we're just using you and getting rid of you. We actually need you. And you can be honest about that because they probably do need her into merge. Um, and then you can just sort of, you know, set things on from there. Um, so I think they can be 90% honest and 100% honest um, if things go the right way. See, I would, the reason I would go to her with that information is I feel like that gives you control, whereas at the moment, like Emily and Caleb have that control. Like did Caleb tell Emily, like assuming that he has and then putting that control into your own hands to like get ahead of it and be like, we were going to tell you is something that I would do, especially because. The, well, like, you wouldn't, you would wouldn't lie about it. You wouldn't yeah, lie about it. But, to the allies last week, so. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. lie about it, but you wouldn't bring it up first. I, like, I would, would bring it up. Position. I would bring it up because 
why would Caleb not have told her? Like, he owes you nothing. He met you for five minutes. She's his number one ally, which you would know based on her information about the Sabaya vote. And the goodwill advantage was his to give. It's his to tell. Even if he's promised you, like, oh, I would have told you can't trust that. You don't know these people. So getting ahead of it and still being able to keep the beware advantage a secret, I think is very, very powerful. And I think it could be deadly if she does know and you're wrong about that, even if it's like a 10% chance, which I think is much greater than that. And you haven't given her that information. Maybe she like, strongly distrust you and then she goes a different way why would she distrust you if you haven't lied if she questions you directly then you be honest but you don't bring it up yourself it puts you into greater danger then i I feel like i feel like you can be honest if it gets brought up i wouldn't actively go about making my target on myself bigger if she knows she already knows like there's no changing that she would already know but if she doesn't know you don't need to tell her i think it's a lie by by omission i think that if they're saying to her and she was saying things like the three of us could go to the end and they're not giving her information when he, he told Caleb about it in two minutes of meeting him and then got goodwill. So it's like, why isn't he telling me that the, the threat of that for me would be like, Oh, we're not giving her everything, which is using her. So I actually, I really is like, I'm sticking by, I strongly think mm. you go into that conversation and you say, you know, goodwill and safety without power, especially because they're weaker advantages compared to the beware idol but also thinking about the goodwill advantage in terms of can it cover sacrifice votes the fact that they're not worried about austin having to sacrifice his vote and take it to a 2-2 means that maybe he can regain his sacrifice vote because he's going to want to sacrifice it to the extended idol surely i mean i guess they think maybe we won't extend it if we don't have to but that would be painful so maybe he can sacrifice and regain it but then that adds the wrinkle of Maybe they can't find Beware because then if they, this is going to get tricky, but if they find the Beware advantage, then he would lose his vote and he would regain it, but then he would have to sacrifice his regained vote, then they'd be back to 2 2. <laughs> so it would be a, would be a lot so going on with his vote. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, yeah, I, I would just keep it nice and simple for that first one. You're in the most dangerous tribe out of all three. Um, it, it's very like, it's set for chaos and I would just trust in what you've got, which is a connection. Um, you can be hyper honest. Like, per- like I don't feel like there's a wrong answer, but personally I probably would only be honest fully if I was probed at all. As soon as you feel them probing, they're like, oh, so do you have an advantage or what did you talk about with Caleb? I'll probably be honest, but up until that point, I would just keep it to myself, which is just a general, general rule where you just sort of keep things to yourself unless people start asking questions. Well, that has not been the Drew way because it really has been very much like, hi, I'm Drew. I have safety without power. So I'd be offended if I was Emily and that's the one person that he hasn't done that with. Um, it's just so open that, yeah, I would at this point say safety without power at the very least. It's like so many people know about it that surely that yeah, one is just you like probably say information. That. But, yeah, that's um, a lot of people wanted your take on Emily because they saw some similarities and someone who started the game very differently to how they ended it. Now, Emily was fighting with Bruce on the mat. You were inventing a child. It still feels so crazy to me that you did that. It's like a level-headed people are person. Making, who did that? People are <laughs> picking parallels to me. Yeah. No, that's not As, the take I had. That's As, not the take I had. In Adam. terms of like, I think very vaguely in terms of like, your well, game me, changed in the middle of it. <laughs> Or some part of the way into it. Well, let me, let me, I actually prepared a little thing. Let me read this to you. And I'm going to see who you actually think of. So we've got person A, intelligent player, 
comes into Survivor thinking only strategically, rubs people the wrong way in the first couple of days with with a poor Is take George? and some yeah. insensitive comments. Yeah, I've a lot of people have said George. <laughs> becomes aligned with person B um, who does like their genuine personality. Uh, person B, not entirely self-aware, however, has an extremely keen sense of social game that balances wow. well with person A's Cara being Caleb is... As, as part of a twist, person B ends up getting sent to another tribe pre-swap and gets to build further social bonds on behalf of the duo. Wow. So intricate. <laughs> it's a big compliment to Kara, I feel like, to be Caleb. Will Caleb well, accidentally I mean, vote someone out? That's my question. I, I like <laughs> that you've immediately picked up on that. I didn't even say either name. You, you the one that said George and Cara. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people have said George and, and Emily are very similar. I mean, as well, I, they were saved by a self-sacrifice slash quit. I don't feel like it's an in, insult to either of them. I feel like I they're they both, both people. I think they're both people with extremely good eye for numbers and I feel like they're people that learn extremely quickly and have both learned extremely quickly, which is a testament to their game skill. And I think they both came in with weaknesses that they've managed to cover with extremely appropriate alliances. Hmm. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't think it's I don't consider an insult to other person. A, yeah, more of the similarity, and also the, the the other big thing is that George found very much more his people at the swap. The people would turn mm-hmm. against him eventually being brawn, more brawny people at the swap who he just felt so much more like himself with those people. And Emily was saying that too. It's like she was much more kind of in her social zone here as well. So, but is it I is it, it that they connected more, or is it that they just sort of like learnt how to sort of like that they, they got a first. They got a first run that didn't go so well and they learned from it, they built from it, and then they did much better um, on a second go, um, which is, again, a testament to their actual skill. I think Emily learned and George found people that were better because They're George, actually- anyway, like when he was in the Swap Tribe, like he still was bad socially with the Brains Tribe. Like George and the Brains Tribe was just oil, oil and water, whereas he actually did connect better with other people and on Heroes versus Villains as well, whereas mm. Emily, we saw her actively change and have better relationship with people that were he had negative relationships with before which is mm. less true of george's game um but my question of emily because i feel like now obviously she's long for the game she's in a great spot um there's such a focus on caleb as her teacher even when they swap she's like because caleb taught me this and like it's, it goes yeah. back to the fact that she taught her so i think there's only three edit options here for her like either one um she caleb's the teacher and she while she is learning, it's only ever going to be a growth arc. Like Carolyn last season, it's more about like how far she can go, but not to a win. Um, and then it's going to be about like the journey more and what she's learned about herself. Or it could be like the mentor slayer arc, like when Mateo slayed Rob by like learning to not, you know, win the challenge at the very end in the Amazon. So maybe she takes Caleb out and it's like the student has become the master or someone else will take up take out Caleb as a big threat. And it's revenge. Um, yeah, it's revenge. It's like the inherited story, like how Natalie inherited Jeremy's story in some other sir. Um, those are the three things. But their stories are so connected, even on the Swap Tribe, that it's likely that they make it back together just anyway. But even if they don't, it would be like, if they took out Caleb, it'd be like, now I'm Caleb. I'm the new Caleb now. You know, <laughs> so I think it's, it's one of those no. three, but I don't know which of the three it is. Yeah, and I think that's great that there is that um, openness to how it could go and it would be interesting no matter what happens. I feel like I think most likely thing is that they do get back together um, and there's some sort of like really emotional 
moment due to yes. it. Um, but I think there is the possibility of a revenge story arc um, that mm. sort of defines the merge because of it. Um, what about yeah, this, uh, the mentor slayer? She stands up and he's on the jury and he's like, how could you? And she's like, because you taught me to. I think it's a possibility. I actually don't know if it would eventuate that way. Um, it's hard to say. It would have to be pretty late in the game um, and then it would be extremely yeah. emotional. Um, mm. Sort of voting out, um, voting out like your last proper like like, original thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, even like a Pia Luke thing, it could be if it, yeah. if it ends up being like a final five vote. Um, could be pretty rough. Um, and Emily's actually it's weird because she's shown herself to be actually quite vulnerable and emotional in the last little bit. Maybe she sort of after that initial run, she gave herself the permission to actually not be as hardened on the exterior. Like maybe that's naturally her at home, but she wanted to come into the game being um, a bit more like, I guess, just tough. Um, and to have that vulnerability, I mean, you you would have seen her at the end of that challenge. Like she was like yeah. screaming and like letting <laughs> it all out. Like it's, it's very good, very good TV. Um, and so I feel like maybe they are lining up some emotional moments. Yeah, she's the star of the season very much. I like I love the dynamic though. That is very that is a very original sort of and rare dynamic. Except um, that you that just read have. out the exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not exactly that, that. I was I was just doing it to make a small point. But Well, the um, George arc is like incredible. <laughs> so if I'm gonna get two of it, yes. I'm happy. Like that's fine. That's all time. I mean them as a duo, the Emily and Caleb, I feel like that is a very uh, a very rare thing to have that sort of connection that they have and um, how it sort of like looks on the screen. And, and I really like it. I think it's going to be very entertaining no matter what happens. Yeah, that's our rooting interest. I mean, only Lulus have gone home so far. So I think the trend mm. doesn't continue. We can make this like a very much a Matt Singh thing where oh, Denise yeah, made it to the finale and they were yeah. the first four boots Matt Singh. So, mm. yeah. Well, Harry, do you have anything else before we get to the chizzy? Um, I think we've covered just about everything that I really wanted to say. Um, the quit was a big thing. And then I think yeah, that the right. most interesting tribe is Bella now. I can't wait to see where that actually goes. But I think that covers everything I wanted to talk about. I think it's highly unlikely for me that either of these other two tribes go to tribal council. I mean, they have <laughs> seafood still. Come on, but you just got to believe. Yeah, I don't. See, we're very different. Like, you believe in people, not me. I'm like, people quit, quit things. We can't do it. We are incapable. No, I'm like the worst not allowed. You motivational have to in speaker yourself. ever. No, no belief. If I was good to go to Reba now and try to give them a motivational speech and be like, it seems like it's kind of done, guys. Like, hmm. Well, the two people that try. quit, the two people that quit, one's a therapist and one's a school principal. Like, you got to be more inspirational. Yeah, well, well. to be fair, from a therapy perspective, it would be like protect your peace. And from a school principal perspective, he literally said his first grade teacher told him failure was good. So <laughs> it feels like oh, that actually God. fed into why this was okay. So, God. yeah. Oh, nah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that if you come around to it, you can see how it's kind of funny. But anyway, let's let's get to the chili. Take it away, Jacob, take a wine scene and MC Color. One, two, three. With 
the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, I found this weekend that should be very difficult. I don't know if you felt the same thing. I was, this, well, this was angry me about Sean, because I was like, that if he just stayed and we had the regular vote, I felt like the Chizzy would have been a lot easier. But Shannon's away. I thought that... that I've been told that things are a little bit different. No, um, this Harry, season, I swear. No, 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 be, no, no, don't do it. We're I not, thought we're no. just meant to be doing things a bit differently. No, no. It's it's just who we like now. I'm going to be forcing Nick to attract his, <laughs> his cheesy points based on just me never talking to him ever again if he doesn't. But please, Harry, come on. You're better than that. You're better Sorry. than this. You're better than Nick. Nick sucks. So. We're just, <laughs> we're just basing it purely on who we No, got. Harry, I'm, so do not. We've got, we've got Sean. Do not. Sean? I no, was going to no, give Sean no, a point. No. I, 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 if you, you're, if you, you that, are not, if you're allowed to no, no. tell Nikov, you are not allowed to Okay, Sean here's how I feel. Point. Here's how I feel. That I feel Sean illegal. Clay, for 57 minutes of an episode, I felt no. Sean played a three-point cheesy episode, but then I feel like he made a negative 100 point decision yes so he's on that negative is, 97 it's but the but end of you, the hogwarts year and he had a million yeah, exactly. points yeah. removed for slytherin yeah. yeah so if i don't think he's a slytherin like he's seen no yeah he's hufflepuff. he's not a slytherin he is a no. hufflepuff yeah um well this isn't the tesla podcast but i feel <laughs> like i'm gonna hold my points ransom and if you screw up your chizzy points, <laughs> I'm giving Sean three you, points. Yeah. Oh well, we can do that. Okay. We can game All the right. chizzy. And I, I'll always go yeah. second and I'll always hold my points ransom. And hopefully always someone will feel strongly. Just, just vote, about vote this. for someone yeah. that quits for three votes. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. I'll play, I'll play ball. Yeah. I'll play ball if, yeah. if you're going to do that. That's that's some aggressive yeah. negotiating stuff. No, I'm not. God. Yeah, I'm not playing. You're not I'm ever not. allowed to vote for a quitter, ever. That's... That if we're all denigrating cool. the chizzy, well, then we'll just denigrate it. <laughs> we're just, just, just going to destroy I'm gonna give. I'm going to give some retroactive match. points for Hannah. Three points Third to Sean bridges. and two points for Hannah for making Sean feel like he can do this. Let's do that. Okay? <laughs> oh I'm not God. scared. Okay. I'll do what okay. I needed. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll take it seriously. I'll take it Good. seriously. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. I'm <laughs> going to put – but it's difficult to give three points. It actually has been difficult it was really, to it was a very decide hard on something. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it based off of uh, – I'm basically using outcomes-based rather than their exact gameplay. It's like a combination of how things have ended up for them as well as their gameplay. And I'm going to say, Julie, uh, mm-hmm. three votes. Um, And it's a combination of the fact that after this tribal, she's basically guaranteed merch. Unless something weird happens, she's basically guaranteed because she's in with Sifu, she's in with Jay. 
Um, D was already her alliance. So D doesn't really have anywhere to go anyway, um, but um, she's already in alliance with her. So she's basically done nothing wrong. Um, and on top of that, like she's just looking good. She's invisible. No one knows she's a lawyer. Um, she's, she's just doing well on every level basically. And she's got a lot of numbers. So to me, I think if you're looking at a combination of the thought process, even though I disagreed about getting rid of um, Sifu in the first place, I feel like they should have just been more stable. But she was team Sean, so you agree with her. Yeah. Um, so that's why she gets the three points. It's yeah. outcomes and then it's also um, mm-hmm. the processes, which I generally agree with. Um, do you want me to go my two and one? Yes. Uh, so two, I'm going to say Drew, even though I know it's the edit kind of giving us a lot of that. Um, I'm still going to go two votes to Drew. I think he was getting in well with Emily. I feel like he's got a lot of information. I feel like the way things are looking, they're looking pretty good for him. He's got numbers on other tribes. He's got numbers, um, on his tribe and he's got all the advantages still. Um, and he has this perceived thing of being honest at the moment. So to me, I think he's got a great position. The only thing that's going to come uh, down to like in terms of like things that might happen post merge is he's start, he's going to have to start looking at his threat level basically. But at the moment, I think he's golden. I think he's doing very well. So he got two points mm-hmm. and then just for cracking what seems like an uncrackable situation and for also just destroying in the challenge, I'm going to put Caleb as one vote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just because he dominated in that, and I know that he has a basketball background, so of course he's going to destroy in that. Um, but he also did make inroads. He has all the puzzle pieces, and in a tribe that strong, even though things don't look good, he could probably get through one tribal now and hopefully make it to merge. So I'm giving him one point. Yeah. Okay, well, those were all... Very satisfactory points. Thank you, Harry, for your cooperation. <laughs> for being held at gunpoint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give three points to Sean. I just felt like he he did so well to ingratiate. I know he quit, but like... To Wait, get- what? <laughs> no! I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, uh, I just, I'm, just, I'm just having fun. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See how it feels? Do you see how it feels when someone does that with the chili? I'm so glad someone gets it now. I think between the two of us, we ice out Nick until he retracts his points and changes in episode one. We just, between the two of us, neither of us speak to him ever again. (laughs) You need to work out more aggressive negotiating for when he does that again. Yeah, what could I do? Because this worked on me. Yeah, but yeah, what could I have done? I feel like because I don't think he, he he had anything he was as passionate about. Like he wouldn't he wouldn't have capitulated on like a Hannah thing for me. I think I'll just probably just boot him, just boot him <laughs> from the, the stream, which is something I have to do, just mid sentence. I probably just, then I'll just give his points. That's going to be what I do next time. Um, you can though, just I will impersonate him next time. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't do it well, but I would. Yeah. Well, I could I could go through his the rest of the the content and edit in with like pure Frankenbites. Like I mm. give three points. <laughs> <laughs> Australian survivor style doing it. Proud. Yeah, I could do that. It would take time. No, I'll give three points to Julie. Like you did. I agreed with her going for Sean. I liked her also, you know, appeasing Jay Maya going with the group once she had to, but I also agreed with her point of view. I, she's also been getting honorable mentions while like D got points. So feels good to get her, um, you know, into the points here because she has done well. Like it's very good how they have, 
made Jay Maya think that she's part of them. So she's been doing well this whole time and now she's getting points rewarded for all of that social work. And then I also thought her decision-making through this episode. I really struggled on the two points for me because I felt like I had two people who I thought I wanted to give one point to and then I had to decide between them to get two. Can you give them both 1.5? Yeah, no, no, because no, no. stop trying to run the chizzy. It's, it's a <laughs> three, two, one. It's very. It specific. looks so great on the table, though. So if two people have point five, yeah, let's really make it tricky on Randy Newpool with the charts. Um, no, I, I'm going to give two points to Jay Meyer. It's tough for me because she does know her position. She is out, but in saying that, we didn't necessarily know the Reba dynamics. We knew that Sifu was on the outs. And now we see he's like way more on the outs than Jemaya. Like at least they're, you know, pretending to include her. Sifu's in the position where like they're actively targeting him, where, you know, like someone like Jemaya thinks that he has an idol. He's in a terrible position in terms of like not even having that implicit immunity at this stage, but also being the threat for an idol he doesn't have. And he's like not protecting against that in any capacity. And he doesn't even know that he needs to because he was going to get blindsided. So in comparison of like where these two like Reba outsiders were, at least for Jay Maya, she's kind of like more in the group. That's a good thing. As, as much as she doesn't know about it, that's why I wanted to drop her to one, but it is what it is. I agreed with her point about the idol and not wanting it to bounce back because she doesn't know he doesn't have an idol. And the connection with Sean, something he would have been rewarded for had he not quit, that was a good thing. Like he really seemed to like her. So from a, from a social point of view, I'm going to give that two points. And then I'm going to give a point to Emily, who continues in her lead with Nick's points as well, but is growing to a point where maybe one day if she wins the Chizzy, maybe it will be by more than three points and I won't have to murder Nick. So, <laughs> um, yes, Emily has landed in a great spot between these two groups, but the way that she like met Drew and Austin socially, just the way that she's you know, behaving with everyone. I thought being really open with the information, like all of that was just great. She's a different human being. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm giving her a point. Caleb, I, I didn't just because of that secret scene stuff. I felt maybe a bit cagey. Um, honorable mention to Drew. I'd like to see how it plays out. I didn't feel it was as concrete without, you know, the information as we talked about, but in saying that he did a great job um, and is reading Emily very well and, and was also great in that interaction. I just need to see where it falls. Like, I'd hate to give him a point. And then, like, the first scene of the next episode is, like, she chats to Bello and maybe she's in with Bello. Like, I just, we're still Schrodinger's vote here. I know yeah. you Schrodinger. That's, that's where sometimes. I'm being, I'm sort of yeah. having that filter of it being outcomes based and obviously just what we've been shown. Um, yeah. But I think, I think a lot of people are playing well anyway. Yeah. I think a lot of people are playing well. This episode, I felt like I had some question marks about, like, some of the moves so that's what made it kind of tricky and it was a quit so made it made it tough as well um but that's where i landed with it so now the charts are that emily is leading on 13 points drew now has gone up to 10 um caleb's now on six julie has shot up to six so that was that was great um and now we've got um sabaya left on five couture is on two d on two Austin on one and Kendra on one. So what, what are we for Julie? Like really shot up there in the mm. Jizzy charts. And that's where we're at. I'm glad that we could negotiate to a point where that made sense for us both, Harry. So that was good. <laughs> that felt really, that felt like a great social attraction. You know, that was like I, the way that I had it's it. It's like, like, like real, real time survivor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm not playing around with the Jizzy. Um, okay. We had a couple of questions. Anton asked, who would you invite from the season to the iconic trio of you, Shawnee and Nick? Who's a little rascal on this tribe? 
Oh, it would have to be someone who's strategically minded, but not to the point of it being their main thing. Like the main thing still has to be fun. Shade. Um, Shade a strategy of a fun person that I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's who's fun? Uh, Sifu. Sifu. Sifu's not a rascal. He's, no, he's, not, he's not strategic. You guys don't play the air guitar. Shawnee would Hate seafood. <laughs> Johnny would drag him. In fact, I want. She, she. I assume she's not watching the season. She's like heavily pregnant. Send her some seafood clips. I just want to know what she thinks. Like, okay. No, no right, way. I will. Um. All right. Who's actually who would be in? It probably would be Caleb. Probably or mm. D would probably make the most sense. I feel like their sensibilities. Mm. They. It needs to be a bit strategic. A bit fun. I feel like Caleb might be a bit too cool for you guys. Not for Shawnee, though. Excuse you? I'm, I'm ranking the new. You just like chose Wild the last like 20 my... minutes. <laughs> um, well, Shawnee's very cool. Then it's you. Then it's Nick. That's really dragging down the cool factor of that group. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I know yeah. that Nick is listening and I'm just so excited. We can make the we can make the new question, which one would we replace Nick with? Yes. Oh, I love that. Exactly. And then it would be a very cool little rascals trio. I don't know that I see Caleb though. I'm trying to think about who I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel a rascal, maybe. Maybe I'm like overlooking on it, it could be Kelly. I don't feel like I know Kelly enough. But it could be, I would say Keith, uh, Kelly, D, or Caleb make the most sense. I would see. What about like Katura? I feel like Katura and Shawnee oh, could have some yeah. fun together. Actually, you know what? That's not a bad call at all. Yeah. I want to see a double like Shawnee Katura confessional, but no words. Yeah. Just want to stare at okay. the camera. All right. You know, I've been convinced we can, we okay. can go with that as a top option. Did I actually convince you or are you scared about what I'm going to say next? No, I legitimately <laughs> actually think that's a great idea. I think Katura yeah, would okay. fit in there well. All right. I, I love the proverbial gun to your head. You know, that's a really good way to post a <laughs> I'm podcast. Just, I'm just shaking and sweating right now, agreeing with everything. That's a great way for guests to feel comfortable and want to return to the podcast. So that's very yeah. much like what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I'll let you go, Harry. I'll let you, <laughs> set you free. Um, where can people find you? I see you've been, you know, tweeting about the season. Tell people where they can catch up with what you're doing. Yeah, I've been tweeting a little bit. You know, I found it funny the other day when you mentioned me and my, I think my tweet thing is it's like Harry Hills 18 or something like that. It's something dumb. But I think you can just put in Harry, um, the ice cream guy into Twitter and you'll find me. I don't really talk about Survivor or reality TV anywhere but there. I just like to keep it nice and focused. Um, so so follow me there. Great. Well, I've got a lot going on in podcasting. Next week for Global, I've got a very fun double podcast. Well, not double guest podcast, More People to Torture um, with Kieran and Dino, who will be my guest next week. Also talking about Big Brother on the recap with Rob on Patreon every week. Survivor UK is coming October 28th. That is in one week. Holy hell. I just looked at the date on my laptop and I'm like actively freaked out. Um, there is stuff coming on that extremely soon. So keep an eye on the feed. Follow me at Channing Gate so you don't miss anything. And that's what's going on with me. Harry, thank you so much. I apologize for the um, like late. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I, I respect tough gameplay. Yeah. We'll, I feel we'll like. consider it as that. It's the kind of thing where, like, would I get your jury vote in the end? Probably not. It's like a Russell-style gameplay, you know? Like, I got what I wanted, but at what cost? At what cost? (laughs) At what cost? (laughs) 
But thank you so much. This has been incredibly fun. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes. And I will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Australian survivor. Survivor is saying. Survivor. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.